All right. It's heaven. All right. Well, uh, that is no small pass. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Chop Sports Daily, coming to you live from the Flipping Made Easy studio right here in beautiful downtown Matawan, New Jersey, broadcasting live from the Cabinet Creations Sports Desk. We got a packed house in here, folks. It is a big, big day for Chop Sports. We'll get into that in a second. But if you're watching this right now, it is Sturch. It is Gooch. It is Dina. It is A4. It is Wrestling Rob. It is Chris Payne is also here. Ladies and gentlemen, there's, it's a packed house. So one less view. Are you okay, Payne? This is happening right now. All right. Where are you going? He is. Where is he going already? He's literally in front. He forgot something and and okay, phone, oh his phone. I can see his ass crack. Yeah, that's right a now. lot of oh a lot God. of ass crack to start today's show. So Chris Payne is in the building as well. Uh, so he's not protecting or serving anybody. Um, if you want to support Chop Sports right now, you could do so by heading on over to Patreon.com forward slash Chop Sports. I, and by the way, I rotate days. I just go forward slash backslash. Nobody really cares. It's like, always. It's, I, I get it, but I just, you know, I, I'm in my mindset here. Um, so anyway, Chop Sports on Patreon. Go support us. Three, five, ten dollars. We appreciate you guys. Um, of course, all the new ones that came on as of late. Uh, my buddy Kevin Cooper, Bailey, guys, uh, uh, Michael Fusco. They've all come on to the Patreon helping Chop Sports grow. Speaking of growth, ladies and gentlemen, we are here today on March the 31st, 2022 to announce that Chop Sports has broke the 1,000 barrier subscriber mark. Ladies and gentlemen, give us a round of applause. That's what I'm talking about. Dude, it's a long time coming. Oh, look at this motherfucker. I'm telling you. It's early and last. I know. I I know. But notice that what needed to happen. He threw the mic in front of his, like, you should put that on. (laughs) Anyway, so, yes, 1,000 subscribers. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, 60 people overnight. 60. 6-0, Six zero, uh, and pushing us to one thousand nineteen officially, and we would like to thank Scoop for his Mariano Rivera efforts, where he told me he'd like to close this out for us, and he literally spammed his entire entire phone book, uh, probably people that he hasn't even spoke to in years, and says just click here. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know what kind of threats he might have. You all right there, bro? I know it's exciting stuff, um, but anyway, so one thousand subscribers. It now officially. It enables Chop Sports to monetize this show, so we actually make some do re mi. How much? Well, don't ask. It's probably not a lot to start. But no, it's definitely not a lot. It's not definitely probably. not a lot. But it's listen, definitely not a lot. But the opportunity is there, there. To, to make a lot. So yes, the opportunity is there. We're on our way. So thank you for everybody so, for subscribing to the. Are you all right there, bro? Yeah. Pay Just no dusty? mind. Pay Just me no mind. Link. Just cleaning. Oh wow! All right, send them a link. So uh, we'll do that in a second. Um, it's it's quite simple. Um, I'm going to probably send it to you during uh, Dina's read. So you just jump on right after that, um, just when I have the time. But anyway, also, uh, Dat Chat, over 350 members right now in the Chop Sports group there for Dat Chat. So be sure to do that, unless you want to take care of that. Thank you so much, Gooch. Um, And big week for Jimmy Palumbo. He'll be joining us in studio tomorrow. Tomorrow, we got ourselves a very, very big show. Um, It is Jimmy Palumbo in studio for a final push because tomorrow night and Saturday night, he goes live at the Avenel Performing Arts Center. He was on New Jersey 101.5 last night promoting the show. Hopefully, he dropped Chop Sports on there. Uh, We were supposed to go with him, uh, but we just didn't. but, yeah, so Friday and Saturday night for Jimmy. I'll be there on Friday night to greet all you uh, you animals out there uh, in Avenel. And, of course, there's a place, I believe, that bar is called Curtains, if I'm not mistaken, is the official after party, before party, during party. It is literally a bar in the lobby. So 
find me at the bar after I get set uh, putting up the camera. Um, yeah, so that's Jimmy. A uh, few meetings lined up today. We got some big NIL stuff potentially happening with some uh, future uh, college football players. I'll be with you in a moment. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, no, he, he's hooking it up over there. You can send it to his email, by the way, oh, too. Oh, all right. Well, it's it. well, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm sure he can send it to his own email if, if need be. Oh, the chat. Okay, perfect. Um, also, uh, if you're not doing anything and you're a professional wrestling fan tonight, 6 o'clock, I will be the English commentary uh, for AAA uh, as they go into WrestleCon. Big week. Me and Chris Payne were just talking about our trip down to Florida, uh, Orlando, Florida, back in 2017 for WrestleCon. Very good trip. Don't remember most of it. It was a good time. Uh, WrestlePro went down there, so very excited. Um, ask Payne if he wants to jump on the cross-court cast to debate us. If Payne's around 4 o'clock, uh, he can come on back and get on. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. But he's here today, for starters at least, to see what he's doing. And he brought a bunch of action figures and stuff for us to put around the, the studio. I'm big on goodies. Uh, he's big on goodies. He always brings I uh, like props. He, I totally he, thought he was bringing in bagels with the bag that he had. So wow. I, it was a letdown. Then he handed wow. me red farf thing. So I was like, all right, it's cool. It's cool. Get a little heavy over <laughs> he's seeing you in person um so anyway new podcast available on the network today um go check out all-star vintage who by the way mark jameson and don morrow will be in studio here tomorrow to promote their show to you know cut the shit with us uh chop it up have you and of course a brand new episode of till mets do us part um yeah so those are the podcast promos uh i do want to give a special shout out as gooch returns to uh to business to the u.s men's team Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the U.S. men's team have qualified for the World Cup. Okay, I know that a lot of people don't like soccer or they're not into soccer. What what are we beeping? That's the sound of the U.S. men's national team backing their way into the World Cup. Oh, they actually lost. Took a hot L from Costa Rica yesterday. I feel like ah, Costa Rica. Nobody cares that. Nobody cares about soccer. No, that's not true. Nobody cares how they're going to get into the tournament. Once the World Cup starts, everybody's going to be on board with the United States. Um, I personally don't know anything about soccer. So David- apparently, according to our uh, soccer correspondent, Ashley Mirfit, uh, also France and Morocco both yes, qualified yes, for this did. World Cup. By the way, the World Cup this year is in November. What? What? Qatar. So but, where's Qatar? It's in the Mideast. So, so my thing is this. It's from my the Midwest. Is is Midwest. <laughs> Go ahead. We're going to do another So they can't have it in the summer. It's deadly hot in there in the summer, so they can't have it in the summertime. They have it in November. Now, is this just a geographical thing and a yeah. region thing, or do they typically wait no, six months? Okay, so geographic thing, that's cool. So the, the the World Cup will be happening in November. So happy Thanksgiving. You can watch the Cowboys at four, and you can watch um, the U.S. men's team hopefully win the World oh, Cup. Oh, man, the United States is up against football in, in soccer. Go figure. That's why the United States sucks in men's soccer is because they're up against football. <laughs> well, they don't suck this year, Gooch. They're in the, in the goddamn in sports, World Cup. If you play soccer, then you can't play football and vice versa. I think that's a major issue for our our development of our united states men's national team you look at the women they pretty much win every year right if the best athletes in the country got to play soccer from when they were three years old on odell beckham would be dominating even antonio you're telling me they didn't play soccer like ocho cinco big soccer fan you don't think tell me he played soccer in the beginning of his life but where's the money for an ocho cinco when he's growing up have you seen how much money what's this guy makes now i don't think ocho cinco plays soccer because ronaldo because if he did then he would have gotten a scholarship to play soccer i'm talking about and if you play high school football, you can't play high school soccer, right? Same so, time. 
You just can't. It's the you got to choose season. one or the so other. You have to choose one or the other. And it's and unfortunate because I know a lot of parents clearly, out there are probably choosing clearly, soccer over football lately. Well, lately, it's, I think that you're starting to see a shift, but I don't think you're seeing that same shift in the inner cities and where most of the NFL players come from. That's just my it's not even my take. That's a that's a fact. They're not playing soccer in um, these states down in Florida, Alabama. Like these are football states. And even a lot of places around Jersey is still the same. Football, football. Yeah. All right. Well, just going golf. All right. Well, Payne's saying yeah, that his kid's going to play some golf. So is my uh, my godson. My godson's already smacking a ball like Happy Gilmore style. So I'm, I'm excited about this. Nonetheless, his. go USA. <laughs> right? Bro. Hey, are they going to get a raise now? That's good. <laughs> Who? The soccer team? Yeah, probably not. No. They're not going to get a raise. It's all about the revenue. Uh, Nobody cares about Thanksgiving outside of the U.S., so I wrote that down. I do want to shout out, before I get into anything else about the headlines that we're going to talk about, my New York Rangers have won four in a row, and they're eight and two in their last ten. Look, I know, look, A4, I know you're looking at me like it's okay. Well, you're waiting for the punchline here. This team could be sneaky good in the playoffs, and I understand that there's Pittsburgh and Carolina and Tampa and all these other teams, but if they keep playing the way they're playing, man, they can make a little bit of a run ski. No? No? Anybody? Um, I think you're talking to the one guy here without a mic. He's got – there's a mic right there. Just lean forward. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was uh, that was very passionate, but go ahead. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Feel something over there? Like uh, – I don't know. I it's just like depends on who they match up against. I think um if you get Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. I think that's that's gonna be a win. F Crosby, sure. by the way. Um garbage. And uh if you play Carolina, I think Carolina could could beat you guys. All right, sit back down. Sit back down. Nobody cares. <laughs> Your opinion is valid right now, and the Rangers will do take care of business. So let's go. <laughs> Why, <laughs> Why is there a firearm in the studio? I'm kidding. Uh, Rob shot this. I'm a Rangers fan, but no cup this year. Hey, Rob, relax, bro. Hey, listen, listen. Teams like this can get hot at the right time, which they are right now. Eight, eight two in their last 10. Bro, what's this guy? He's got 46 goals, bro. Kreider is playing out of his mind good. Just I'm actually be about patient. to have that stroke you guys were talking about yesterday. Why? Because we we're talking soccer hockey? to hockey. Sorry. It's like, can I fucking talk about something? We They're going to play the Penguins here? round one, according to Ruben. I think the Rangers could take it. Okay. F Crosby. Crosby sucks. Let's go. Moving on. Anyway, ball in. We got football news. Broke yesterday. Last night, um, it looks like Bruce Arians has retired from coaching, at least. He'll be moving over to the front office. Um, But also, Todd Bowles, in the same breath, will be taking over as the head coach, a five-year deal. Now, there's a lot to talk about with this because, one, why did this happen, Gooch? Why, out of nowhere, did Bruce Arians say, you know what? The hell with this. I'm done. I want to go to the front office. Do you think it's health? Do you think he hates Tom Brady? How do you, like where where do you see this? Why this the happened? The timing of it is a little bit strange. Yeah, right before the draft, it's right before the draft. So that that leads me to believe that it might have something to do with health, or just the fact that his family might be giving him shit. I'm pretty sure Bruce Arians is in his mid seventies at this point. The oldest I mean, he's coach, got his literally like his pacemaker him, on Carol his. Or him, one of the oldest coaches in the league. Chest. Bruce Arians has been around a long time and. I think it's maybe a combination of the two. Uh, Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians have definitely had history together. They they go all the way back to Temple days. Um, shout out to Ashmere Fit, Temple alum. So I had to throw that in there. But yeah, I think that Todd Bowles, it was his job to he was it was one of the either Leftwich or Todd Bowles that its job was in the waiting. I'm very surprised it wasn't so Leftwich. Leftwich if was it supposed wasn't to be that the guy. case. Maybe that's why they let Arians kind of sit on a little bit and give him some time. It could have been an organizational thing where they knew that they had their coach in waiting there. 
So there was no real urgency to, to move forward because the rest of the coaches weren't really involved in the, in the um, hiring process. Okay. They had their coach within, so it, it gave them that flexibility. But, yeah, I do agree that it has to be the age thing or possibly a health thing. And I'm sure he's getting paid very similar now that he moved into the, uh, yeah. the front office role. Yeah. Um, the only thing about Todd Bowles is, you know, everybody kind of expected Leftwich to be the guy, as did I. You know, that was where I thought if anybody was going to – What's the word I'm looking for? Succeed. The heir apparent. Succeed. He was succeed. Yeah. succeed. Yeah. Succeed been, him. It would have been, been left, which because of a, the offense was moving in the right direction. B, you had Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Like, so things were, and then Tom Brady coming back would lead me to believe that Arians kind of was like, nice, well, you like, know, like, there, but all of a sudden is, he's just like, nah, it's like one of those where there's smoke, there's fire type situations because when Brady retired, the media does what they always do. And they try and drive a stake. If Rob, if you could try and pull up the Tom Brady tweet that he put up this morning about, him thanking Bruce Arians, or he did it. Yeah, last put night. it on the the old. Just Gramsci so we could get some uh, clarification too. on exactly where Tom Brady stands with the Bruce Arians. He's getting traded to the Dolphins, or at least publicly. <laughs> at, at least he's not going anywhere. Oh, okay. Um, you know, yeah, you're you right. Could, you it's, could you could make the case that uh, Tom Brady forced this. If you really want to be a dick and and try and create a story where the, Tom Brady forced one. this in a way of saying like. Like, like he had, hit, the, like, there was a rift between him and Bruce Arians. Was and the there philosophy, though? But that was the news that was coming out in that 40 day period where Brady was retired. There was a lot of people, not people, but sources. We don't sources know who they said. were. We're saying that Tom Brady wasn't happy with the way things were running. And he would go into the meetings in the morning with Leftwich and they would set up the game plan. And then Bruce Arians would come in like two hours later and just make changes without saying anything. Oh, so he was doing edits to the, what they were doing. And Brady felt this is uh, according to sources. Brady felt that. Um, if you're going to make some changes, like just be in the meeting and we'll have this conversation together. So Brady obviously is a very calculated guy. So I guess there's a, a chance that he did it, but I don't think he has the power there. Um, I don't think Brady has that power in Tampa Bay right now on the one year basis that he's on. Okay. Um, well, I don't like to bash people, but Bruce Arians has always come off like a dick. Yeah. Yeah. He I, hasn't, I mean, he hasn't been the player's coach that everybody says he is. I mean, the whole Antonio Brown, we'll get into him in a second. Well, the, um, he had a, a nice response. He said, thanks, brother, to Tom Brady. Like, so Tom, Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, I guess they're brothers. Oh, that's cool. Right? Uh, but moving on to Todd Bowles now, uh, some of the stats that we've pulled up on him. I mean, look, he's been a head coach. We all know if you're a Jets fan, you know you went through the Todd Bowles era. Uh, guys, he's 26 and 41 as a head coach. So clearly he is in the realm of Wade Phillips. He's in the realm of these guys that fall under the better coordinators, less lesser head coaches. Um, that's how I look at Todd Bowles. Uh, why he's getting this job over Leftwich, again, I don't know. Maybe the experience factor has been there. Not his first rodeo. You know what I mean? Like, this is his first, so, yeah. not his first go-around as a head coach. I have some interesting tidbits, courtesy of uh, our boy Rob over there. Wrestling Rob. <clears throat> so, a little a little uh, history on on um, Todd Bowles. He played under played at Temple under Bruce Arians. We said that before. So, yeah. they, then I believe he actually went on to coach at Temple as well. Wait, minute, wait, 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 wait. Let me pause you right there. Todd Bowles played for Bruce Arians at Temple. How fucking old is Bruce Arians? 69. Todd he's Bowles 69. looks like he's old, too. Like, Bruce holy Arians shit. He's older, dude. Yeah. That's no, 79. 69. It just seems like, anyway. Uh, anyway, guys, Todd sorry. Bowles also it probably isn't that old either. You know, he played, he played in the league eight seasons. I'm not sure what seasons, but he started off his coaching career in the NFL, that is, because I do believe he did coach at Temple a little bit, at least as an assistant. In 95-96 with the Packers, I'm pretty sure he won a Super Bowl with them as an assistant because they won it in 96. So that's where he, you know, right out of the gate, he was with a good team. Um, he bounced around college for a little bit until 2000. He came back to the Dolphins, and he was the interim head coach for three games 
when Tony Sperano was fired. And that got him. That got shot. him. Well, yeah, that got him. Was that the Jets or the Arizona? Defense no, the Jets job. job. No, he went to Arizona first. He, he went to Arizona first. Yeah. I believe he was a defensive coordinator for the for the Cardinals. For what, one year? Two, yeah, two years. Okay, also, so I was, also, I'm one year under, off. also no, under Bruce Arians, yes. wow. I believe. So, so there you go. So then that's – there's a lot of lineage here. Well, Bruce Arians was a Pittsburgh guy for a little bit. He was the offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh, and he was working with Big Ben. So he had a lot to do with what was going on in Pittsburgh in, mm. the, early, in the early days with Big Ben. Then, obviously, Bruce Arians, uh, Ty Bowles takes the job with the New York Jets. He has a good yeah. season right away, 10 wins out of the gate. But then he won a 14 combined games over the course of the next three seasons. So you blame that on his, talent. I blame I'm, it on talent, front office, and and probably a, a flawed coaching philosophy with the roster that he had. Now the Bucks roster is far better than the one that the Jets were putting out. Who there. were uh, your Jets guys over there? Who was Todd Bowles' quarterbacks? Here for we the go. Jets? I got you right here. Ready? Mm-hmm. Geno Smith. No oh God. Okay. Bryce Petty. Oh shit. <laughs> Josh McNown. Oh, we're getting better. Ryan Fitzpatrick. That love, was a good love, offensive love, season. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sam Darnold. Those Sam Darnold was one of his. Sam Darnold was. Was Sam Darnold was a draft pick under Todd Bowles? It says Sam Darnold here, according to Google, buddy. Oh, all right. Yeah. So, so, so anyway, I mean, so, Todd Bowles had his chance. <laughs> he had his chance to coach in the NFL. It didn't work out, but you know, situationally, t- Bill Belichick had his chance with Cleveland. That also didn't work out, and you see what he's become. So, I'm not saying Todd Bowles isn't the guy. I'm just saying that I think that looking at the Super Bowl odds in the NFC or just the the league itself. I would have to say I'm not sure. Looking offhand, I think that the Tampa Bay odds have to have gone down. Oh, you know, like they lose down. their head coach, Bruce Arians. Now you could say what you want about him. He's not a player's coach. He's a dick. He's had a lot of success in the league. Todd Bowles hasn't. He's had success as assistant, ton of it. But do you, you think this is like a layup a of an opportunity difference. for a guy like this? Because considering you have Tom Brady, I mean, look, I think, and I think you think too, the the Bucks roster, though, like run it back. They didn't run. They're not running no, it back. They didn't with everybody. run it back. They lost a couple guys, and I know that they they, they still have Tom Brady. They still have they still have a nice offense. They get Fournette back. I believe that Gronk will be back, and and the offense will be fine. Offensive line is good, but as you start losing pieces on defense, which they lost their safety, I think he was a big piece of what what they did over their Super Bowl run. I'm not sure he did great last year, but nonetheless, they're losing a little bit of guys, and there's a different coaching philosophy. You went from an offensive guy to now a defensive guy, so we'll mm-hmm. see how that shakes out. I believe Leftwich is going to stick around, so. I have a feeling that what they're going to do with this is almost going to be a very similar to what college coaches might do sometimes where it's like, or even it happens in a league where Leftwich is going to be con- completely in charge of the offense. He knows it. They know each other. The whole team has been working together for years. And Arian and uh, Todd Bowles, how many times am I going to say Arians instead of Bowles? I don't know. Anyway, Todd Bowles will start <laughs> and just deal with the defense. And then hopefully for the Packers sake and the Cowboys sake, it doesn't work out in Tampa. I, I, I don't think, uh, listen, I, I think when you make the adjustment to a new head coach, there could be a quick pickup. You know, there could be. It could be a good ramp-up period. And because he's not from the outside looking in, he's been in the staff, he's been in the meeting. So, like, I don't foresee a massive drop-off, but I do see a drop-off, and yeah. we'll see. Yeah. And, and Tom Brady's another year older. The, I understand he's the defying Bucks, all the fucking gravity. Team, but the wor- they're a worse team now than they were last 100%. year at this yes. time on paper. I agree. There's no doubt about it. I Tom agree. Brady is a full year older now. You know, not that that matters. No, it does matter, I think. I mean, it does. It will. It, it, it will eventually matter. Do you guys matter. think that Tom Brady – had a say in this like no you don't no. think he knew that bruce arians was gonna retire before he maybe signed maybe that's back the only on? reason why he oh, no shit. way in hell he didn't know he knew he had to have known there's no way they're springing a, up the him this on him right there now might have been a chance at it a chance meaning like they don't know what's going on because if it, if they knew he was gonna then why didn't they just do it i don't maybe that's maybe what it was optics. maybe that's what bought him maybe, back like, maybe look, for, if he's going to the front office 
fine. And then Bruce Arians might have been like, there could have been a, a trickle down effect. Maybe I feel like I feel like if that was the case, and Brady really, I don't know if Brady had a say in it, but maybe he knew about it. Because wasn't Byron Leftwich the guy that went to Tom Brady's house and went to the wrong house the day he moved in? Wasn't it him? Yeah, he went to the the day Tom Brady moved to Tampa Bay. But uh, Leftwich went to meet him, like offensive coordinator stuff, and went and went to the wrong house. Either way, one of them went to the wrong house. I, so I, I was the so, first I'm hearing no, this story, yeah. by the way. So I'm saying is maybe Bruce Arians, maybe Leftwich was supposed to be the guy, and then that he went to the wrong house, and then he didn't get fucking hired. I, that's I, it. I no, but I get what you're saying. I think they gave it to, to um, Bowles because Bowles has experience, and then if they do start the season, let's say one and five, one and six. You make that in-season change, and now Leftwich isn't the guy that's taking the fall. He's the one that's getting the spot. Yeah, we'll now see. He's got There's, they signed him to a five-year. And deal. I know what you guys I are think thinking. It's bad if they. If, Todd Bowles is the coach of the Bucks next year. There's no way they're going to in-season fire him with the talented roster they have. Yeah, they would have to be I, a, I don't foresee that. For happening. that to happen, for the Bucks to be that bad, I think there has to be an epic amount of injuries and just complete collapse in in training camp. And a lot of things go wrong. Whereas you almost give the guy a pass because the roster is too good for them to just completely fall flat. What would you consider a failure for the Bucks? I would say missing the playoffs. I would, would say not winning failure. that division. I mean, because well, like, that, that, that division entail, to me that would entail missing the playoffs definitely. So if they make the playoffs as a wild card, getting the tournament, I don't think that you're going to fire your head coach unless you're are, the Raiders. They are that bad, and they are that talented. On, we'll on see. Paper, that would give you grounds to fire the guy midseason. Especially, I just don't think I don't. Welcome think to Mike McCarthy era. <laughs> I don't think they're going to lose that many games. Unless there's a ton of injuries, so like I just can't see it. The roster. Yeah, you would have to give them like and five right division. off the rip in division. You know what I mean? Like they could split that. with the Saints and beat they're up like everybody else. They're, they're all getting older. Yeah, we'll see. But I will tell stuff. you this: I know what you're thinking yourselves. If you're watching at home, I know you're probably asking yourself, "Well, if Bruce Arians is gone, how about a reunion with Antonio Brown?" Uh, that's not going to happen. He went on TMZ yesterday uh, and said that he uh, he doesn't think that that would be a possibility. You notice how he goes on TMZ, but and the not best ESPN or but the best part about this about this uh, quick interview with AB is that he said, and I quote, that he will not be signing with any other team. Uh, uh, no, reverse that. He's not going to get his ankle fixed. The, the injury, that's the famous injury from the runoff. He will not get surgery on that ankle until a team commits to him. Give me a break. You're out then. You're so out. He's AB. holding his own ankle hostage. Yes, he's out. He's, <laughs> he's literally, that's exactly what it is. So he is literally out. You will not be playing football in 2022. So get that out of your head. And now we can go fa uh, focus on the team Donda or whatever think, the fuck they're doing. I think doing. honestly, he knows that he's out of the league at this point. And I don't, there might be a team down the stretch that is desperate and a, a contender, but that's a big risk to bring in that psychopath into a locker room that's contending for a Super Bowl. I think that this is just a scapegoat, and when he doesn't get re-signed, he's going to be able to point to a reason why. Right. And it's because he didn't get his ankle. Oh, nobody committed to me. Well, that, that's because you have a bum ankle, and you're a nut job. In their prime, so, in their prime right now, who are you taking? T.O. or Antonio Brown? T.O. T.O. in a heartbeat. Without even See how fast? I didn't even have to think. T.O. because T.O. might have a little bit more of a drop issue than Antonio Brown, but that's about the only eh, thing. The, the, the year he led the league in drops, he also led the year in, in touchdown receptions, yeah. too. So, so but... But point point remains, he has a drop issue. Leading the league in drops, I think, is more telling. I think drops is an issue. Touchdowns is opportunity in some cases. So, like, you could have a guy like Julio. He didn't find the end zone forever. It wasn't because Julio couldn't score touchdowns. It's because he wasn't getting the chances down low for whatever reason. Um, I think that just the size and the sheer, like, football player that T.O. was, when he wasn't getting the ball, Love he was angry. But when they were calling running plays, T.O. was putting a hat on a hat. and He was blocking people. 
way better football player and the passion. T.O. wanted to win. They were both psychopaths. Um, but T.O. in the way that... T.O. is more of a fun psychopath than, than this yeah, guy. This but, guy's... But, you know, if you talk to an Eagles fan, I'm sure if you, a lot of Eagles fans might be on T.O.'s side and not McNabb, but made it a real tough situation for McNabb to succeed in Philly. I mean, it's also very tough to succeed when you're throwing up on the sidelines like Willie Beeman in the Super yeah. Bowl. All that chunk of soup came I don't chunk know. it out. I don't, I don't know that that was nerves, man. Like, I, I feel like... He choked his... What it, was it that if it wasn't nerves? Yeah, maybe right. He, yeah, maybe, the flu. Maybe he ate a bad glizzy in the, at halftime, and, and he, you know the hot dog came back up. Who knows? Bro? I don't think maybe he can handle the pressure, Hennessy. bro. Is Donovan McNabb from Always Sunny is a better Donovan McNabb in that Super Bowl. Look, but um, McNabb, that was it. Sucks that that's the moment that defines his career because McNabb was a really good player. In the yeah, game. he torched Dallas really a bunch of times, was. bunch of times. And, yeah, right. There was like one fourth and eighteen. He hits. What's this guy? Who's the guy over the middle? Name that player. There's a trivia question. Who was the guy on that fourth and 18? Was it against the Packers? He got up and does the belt. It's not fourth and 18. That's why you threw me off. It's Freddie Mitchell. Freddie fourth Mitchell. And 26. Yeah. Fourth and what? 26. Oh, sorry. I gave him less credit. Fourth and 26. Don't talk about it. It was we're like forever. I know. It's, we brought up he's starting Donovan to get like McNabb. the cold sweats here because right, we're talking Donovan about McNabb. He was always fat anyway. <laughs> chunky. He was, he, was a chunky he was a big dude. Yeah. Campbell. Campbell. Chunky. Chunky. All right. So anyway, that's our NFL news for today because it's, again, draft season is among us. We'll get into – I was looking right at the ring light for whatever reason, so that was dumb. <laughs> I, was like, look, I was like, well, I'll tell you what. No, draft season is on their way, uh, on its way, and, of course, we'll get more into mock drafts and stuff as that time goes on because, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow is April, which is nuts to me. Um, like, I, I don't know where this year is going already. Like, it's month four already. So before we get into the biggest – of the bigs with our boy the toast i do want to talk to you got what what's wrong now nothing 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 we're, so you realize like when i'm like in the middle of something no, no and then you, stuff goes down something if i, I mean, don't know what's happening uh, here, so i think it's jokes on here's, me here no 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 it's no that's it i mean i'm not we'll talk about what i think that is after the show because i don't want it's called insecurities it's called insecurity dave <laughs> but no no here's the thing if i have to address you i'll be like Dave, you know what I mean? Like, if we're talking, if I'm whispering here, just pretend like it's not happening because, you know, oh. like if Anthony. Would you like to, to share that with the rest of the class? He's got to take a piss, <laughs> let him go piss, and just pretend like he didn't. No, no, no. Every time he goes piss, I have to announce that he's going piss. <laughs> so, anyway. Man, fucking grip it and rip it, bro, right on the floor. He just just all over this beautiful, brand new Dunn studio as of yesterday, by the way. That was, uh, the Chris's question to me, the bricks probably look the same on camera, but we have like nervous ticks over here where we knew things were a little off. So just, we just to be clear, they do not look the same on camera. They look much better. They, okay, much they look better much better, now. according yeah. to Chris. And I believe that too, actually, now that I look at it and I look at ourselves. But uh, Chris said, are you mentally prepared uh, for this project yesterday? I was like, no. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we're just taking walls down and shit. I'm like, oh, it was my, oh, what a mess. But anyway, this show, almost said podcast again. But again, if you're listening to it on podcast form, we appreciate you as well. Always. Those listens keep going up and up. Uh, the podcast network growing. So be sure to subscribe to all of our shows that we have here. And what you will hear on all of our shows across the network is a guy named Michael Fusco. I don't know why I couldn't say Michael. Michael Fusco uh, has partnered up with the Fusco Insurance Agency's partnered up with Chop Sports. Very pumped about this. The Fusco Insurance Agency offers personal and commercial lines, life and health insurance. They even help with retirement employee benefit administration and if you need benefits if you're a small business owner and you want to give your employees benefits he's your guy you can set that up as well it is tax season i'm waiting for an email back from my guy uh which again we probably should have used fusco but whatever i digress with that he's quicker uh but we will uh he does prepare taxes uh with the 
Prestige Tax Group. Tax preparation, planning, bookkeeping, payroll. Uh, Toast is in, so we'll get him in a second. Good job, Toast. Um, And uh, asset protection, life settlements. And, of course, if you have bad credit, Chris, you can go to Fiscally Fit Credit. And I always say that, and I know I'm not talking about you, but I want you to think that I'm talking about you, but I'm not talking about you. If anybody in the studio, since there's 54 people in here now, if anybody has bad credit, Go check out Michael Fusco because it'll help you with that too. His promise to you is that you'll lose no money. You're not going to lose a dollar going with his company and his services. But he, what he will tell you is that you could potentially participate in all the gains with a cap. You can't become a millionaire or anything like that, but maybe you can. Um, if you're looking for a good blend of personal experience um, and expertise, you've come to the right place. A dozen services. Check them all out at FuscoInsuranceAgency.com. Dina, we promise not to interrupt you uh, with any laughter. Maybe, I, you know what? I don't promise that. I but just, I just D- won't look at you. Dina, there you go. <laughs> Dina has something from Lilac and Sage Boutique. Ladies and gentlemen, Lilac and Sage Boutique is a veteran-owned LEO spouse-operated boutique based out of North Carolina. Their goal is to continue their service by providing affordable clothing to other hardworking women. They ship orders all over the world. Be sure to check them out at lilacsageboutique.com and join their mailing list so you don't miss out on any new arrivals. Use the promo code CHOP10 at checkout to get 10% off your purchase. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And, of course, we also want to let you guys know that if you're checking out our website right now, chopsportsmedia.com, the guy responsible for that is Steve Aspara. Go check out steveaspara.com. He's the guy that's responsible for the uh, fully functional website that is chopsportsmedia.com, also building ashmerefit.com, also probably talking to our old buddy Mike DeCrosta about maybe potentially building a website. He's in need and on demand right now. He will answer you. You quick he will fix things as they go he will literally live update you as you say and, and chris uh, uh pain this is why this is why we don't invite guests what's the problem what's so funny what's scoop's comment my energy number hall gonna be wrestling <laughs> <laughs> oh back to that old deal you know myself and gooch are both getting a little older one of the first things to go is your vision Thank goodness for our hookup over at Absolute Eyewear in Woodbridge, New Jersey, right on Main Street next to the train station. They have glasses for all ages, all budgets. They have safety glasses, sports glasses. They are a full-service powerhouse offering eye exams and even free lenses for the kids. They work with BCBS, AAA, AARP, giving massive discounts. They're open five days a week, closed on Wednesdays and Sundays. Call 732-326-3937 to get your first pair of Ray-Ban, Burberry, Coach, Polo, you name it, they got it. Go see Craig and Johnine right now. Anyway, it's time now to talk a little baseball, ladies and gentlemen. And for us to do that, we got to bring on our boy, none other than the Toast. Toast, bro, good morning. Oh, he's rocking. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Oh, we are just grand. It is officially 730 in the morning in Alaska. So that's why, you know, this guy's dedicated to the craft. He is up. He is ready to rock. Uh, there's a lot to go over because we're we're basically talking to you today about a fantasy, um, you know, fantasy baseball, per se. Me and Gucci are going to make our season long predictions next week. We'll probably bring you on for that, too. Uh, but today, fantasy talk, the top players in each position, the guys to draft, the guys to avoid, the guys that you think might have a surge of a season. And then before we let you go today, we're going to actually you can tell us your prop bets uh, for the futures because the future prop bets are the ones that pay out the most if you grab them now. Uh, so first and foremost, um, we're not going to tell anybody your allegiance. So everything that Toast is saying right now is literally on a gambler's perspective. So there's no such thing as a Yankee fan who's like me where I'm saying, well, you got to take Gallo, bro. You know what I mean? Like 
It's not that. He's going to tell you how it is uh, and tell you exactly what to uh, what to look for. So, so let me let me yeah. give let, let me give Toast, Toast a little breakdown here. So, Toast, we're going to skip catchers and we're going to skip relief pitchers here. So, <clears throat> we're going to start off with the starting pitching and just give me a couple guys. You know, maybe your top five. However, however many you got ready for us, and then what we'll do is we'll we'll go over a couple guys maybe we should avoid, and then a, a little sleeper action, and then we'll do that through the positions, and then go from there. How do you feel about it? Yes, sir. Starting pitchers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're ready to go. All right. Let's do it. Yeah. So starting pitchers. Um, so do you guys want me to talk about strategy at all or just start going on names? Well, well, we're going to talk a little bit of strategy after the fact, too. And maybe we'll sprinkle it in throughout because yeah. I have some. Okay. I think we differ on philosophy and I, I just want to get, you know, a couple of these names out. Yep. Maybe we'll do it after the pitchers. Ah, yeah. So after the pitchers, we'll go into some me. philosophies here because one of these gentlemen okay. are pitcher heavy and one of them aren't. So <laughs> tell us, give us, uh, give us some pitchers to look for. Yeah. So a couple guys um, that I've been looking at, um, everybody knows the Corbin Burns, the Garrett Coles, the guys like that. Uh, a few of the names that I have written down that you're going to find uh, later in the drafts, um, past not the first two rounds, guys like Aaron Nola, uh, Fat Lance Lynn, Frankie Montage, you <laughs> Darvish, um, all those type of guys that are going to get innings and strikeouts. Strikeouts is one of those things that I, I look at the most. Um, and, and those are some of the guys that I'm looking at that they can get wins as well. I think Frankie Montas isn't going to be in Oakland for that much longer. I think he's probably going to go to a contender. Um, oh, Yankees. Shane I oh, got it. Hey, that'd be awesome. So Shane Baz and Shane McConaughey from Tampa Bay, they're also strikeout guys. They're young kids. Um, so those are a couple of pitchers that I like to take a look at. Um, I will say, though, there is a couple guys that I want to avoid that I do not want on my team. Guys like Justin Verlander, Chris Sale, Chris Bassett. Anybody that's coming through injury or coming to a new league is going to be on an avoid list you know, for I'm, me. I'm interested in Bassett. I've been doing some mocks, and Bassett's been a guy that I've been targeting just on the sheer value of where I've been seeing him go in drafts um i understand the injury concern but bassett has a stuff if he's ready to go and on that rotation bassett. he's going to be matched up against a lot of uh i guess back end of the rotation guys at least in the early going no absolutely but i do think that for me i was never a big bassett manea guy from oakland and i think that moving from oakland in a park where you can get easy outs uh to toronto it's just a our, our, it's just a lot, and I, I just I don't think that I, I don't know. I'm just not a big Bassett guy, so that's that's just so where that, I'm at. Bassett's on the Mets though, so I guess oh, that's what I, is very good. I, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. But nonetheless, I understand the sentiment you're saying because Oakland's ballpark with the foul ball territory is just insane. So it is it is a little boost for Oakland pitching out there. Um, I'm still high on Bassett a little bit. I just and he's the third he's guy, guy in the rotation I've, I've been in the Mets for a while. Uh, Bassett's a third. Yeah. Wow. That's. As a, as a third guy in the rotation, that's a great spot for him. Like, I, I, right. I totally get it, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe we got, we got a little conflict on Bassett. So, I know I know Toast won't be taking Bassett, so I'm good there. <laughs> so, if he's on, if he's on Toast's no-draft list, then he will not be drafted Toast by Toast on Sunday. Up. Me and Toast are going head up on Sunday in this uh, Chop Sports Fantasy Baseball League. Uh, I'm excited. I haven't done any research yet, so, so I should probably. Um, that's, that's why I want to do that today. Why, that, why Toast is here. <laughs> All right, so, guys, to avoid, I have a question for you. And, and if you don't know much about these guys, just say feel free to say pass. I'm going to plead the fifth on this one. Um, what do you think of the the prospect from Cincinnati, Ladado or Ladolo, Nick Ladolo? 
They're saying he has a I chance to make looked, the rotation. I haven't looked into a whole bunch of prospects as much. I can't give you a great answer on it. All right, fair point. But just in case, guys, if you have um, if you're in a draft in the back end and you're looking for that one guy, maybe you take a flyer on a Nick Lodolo starting pitcher for the Reds. They're saying that he's one of the better pitching prospects in baseball and he's ready for his MLB close up. Um, you might not get him out of the gate, but there's a very good chance that you could nab a guy like this in the back end, like maybe your last pick, or even monitor him for some free agency as he becomes available in your league. Once the draft is over, it, everybody's a free agent. Like that's that's an immediate thing. Well, no. Does nobody is everybody subject to waivers? If your league is run properly, the the waivers will clear once, so it, it'll go in reverse order of the, the last. Draft. Pick so the twelfth gets the first. Blah, so blah, the twelfth, okay. Whoever had the last pick in the draft or the last pick made in the draft. So if it's an odd number, then it would go to the first pick. Got it. Um, but Curious. in this case, it's an even number, so it goes to the last pick, and it clears overnight. And once it clears, then everyone becomes available. Yes. Cool. Done. All right. Um, what do we got now? So let's just get into strategy. Leave the pitchers up for a little bit because okay. I don't want to. Um, you know, confuse the people. But right now we'll talk a little bit about strategy. I personally am one of those guys like, all right, first I'll break down what I think the three strategies will be. You want to do, would you like to go over your accolades first in fantasy baseball? Well, no, I think that the people, the people that know okay. me, my acumen. But ask Rob, itself. ask Rob this morning. He was just like, I dominate. I'm like a 20 time champion. So well, everything I'm, that he's about to tell you, I'll tell you why I'll take tell you, serious. I'll tell you the, the, my strengths in fantasy baseball. And this what's is that say? Wait, what's that say, bro? The major strength here. I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's great fantasy baseball champion. Oh, there you go. <laughs> He's wearing a baseball championship t-shirt. All right, so, so in fantasy baseball, what happens is it's a tough league to do because with the way I run my leagues, it's a daily lineup, and you get 10 pitching starts, and you're allowed to sub your hitters in and out on a daily basis. So for that fact, you have to really be up on it. A lot of people that join leagues don't. So I have that advantage because I'm on top of it, one. Two, towards the stretch run – when fantasy football is starting to ramp up, a lot of guys are kind of in the dog days of baseball season and they're really, really their interest lies in football and they're just bridging the gap. And once fantasy football season prep starts, a lot, a lot of, of research, base, a lot of the baseball stuff goes to the back burner. But guess whose team doesn't go to the back burner? Mine. So I stay on it and a lot of people don't. Other than the fact that I'm, you know, I'm a psychopath with my stats and prospects mm. and things like that. So I have that. Now, my philosophy, we'll talk about philosophies. There's people that go pitching heavy early. That's not mine. I'm more of a build your lineup guy. It's there's no right or wrong way. I guess it's like how you enjoy watching baseball. I want home runs. I want I want to have my guys do well in the lineup. And then I feel like there's a good chance you could find these pitchers more so than more lately than not. There's a bunch of guys like the Lance Lynn's of the world that come out of nowhere and they be, they turn into these like ace type pitchers. So there's going to be plenty of those guys this year as well. And there's a very big risk with pitching stud pitching picking stud pitching early because I feel like they're typically injured more often than position players are in baseball. That's the reason why yeah, I they missed two starts. That's like two weeks worth of baseball. Yeah. yeah. But, but when you got a, a stud pitching staff and you that's built for the playoffs. So if you, if you make it to the postseason and you have stud pitching, it's very tough to beat a team in the postseason that has pitching because pitching is way more consistent than hitting. So I will agree that there's like two sides of the coin here. Um, and pitching is consistent. So when you get to the postseason, just like any other in regular baseball in football, defense wins, and it's very similar. Now, the other philosophy philosophy would be to take the best available player as he arises and kind of just let it sort out in the back end and you fill out your roster as you will. Um, I think that's the, the worst out of the three. I think you have to tear players out. You have no choice but to look at and identify the positions where they're very weak and you have to you have to target those guys those positions early because 
when people don't do that, you find yourself picking a bad player because of a team need when there's 20 good outfielders left. Toast has a point here. Go ahead, Toast. Go ahead, Toast. Just, to go, just to jump on Chris's point, when I do my notes, all you, you probably won't be able to read it, but it's first base. I have three tiers. Second base, tiers, tiers, tiers. It's all about tearing it out. But the tears more, are coming. That, not universal. That's universal in fantasy sports. You should be tearing out all your players. Do not identify. You might have a favorite guy or two, and everybody does as fans, but don't identify players that you're targeting. Identify groups of players that you're targeting. So when it comes time to pick that position, you look. You have a okay, couple options. I have six first basemen that I'm down to have on my team, but only two shortstops. I have a very good uh, sneaking suspicion that one of these first basemen will make it back to me. So I'm going to take the shortstop now, even though he might be a worse player or you might be reaching a little bit for team needs and just filling out your roster the right way. That's the move to make because, you know, Matt Olson or Freddie Freeman flip a coin on any given game or week. One guy's going to outperform the other. So right. there's no reason that you so, should split hairs over that. So toast. So he's obviously very uh, fill your lineup. You're the other way. You're a big pitcher guy. Yeah, so I get two things. First things first, speed and pitching. That's all I want. Listen, the first in the here's a crazy stat that I always like to tell people: 29 percent of all steals are projected in the first thirty six picks. So if you don't get a guy that can steal bases and 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 speed on the base pass, you're not going to get him very. The chances of you getting someone later like that in the leagues is later. Guys like Alberto Mondesi and Miles Straw that. You could get those guys in the later rounds, but you want your speed and stuff early. And then the pitching. Like, I love pitching, and like Chris said, it's how you like your baseball. I like watching pitchers. That's my favorite thing to do. Um, knowing your pitchers is probably the second most thing. I like to get speed, but knowing that range of – Chris talked about tiers. Those pitchers from tier three to five or two to six, those are the pitchers that you really want to get because the difference – like I have this written down. Take this, for instance. Julio Urias last year, number eight on draft boards, had 176 innings pitched. He had 14 wins, 75 strikeouts, and a 3.56 ERA, right? Number 94, so 60-some spots later, is Frankie Montas, who pitched 178 innings, so two more, had two less wins at 12, had 20 more strikeouts, and had a little bit worse ERA. So the but difference is, between those 60 spots is so tiny. Yes, and but that's that's also part of the reason why I, I go for hitting earlier. Because of I was the, just going to say. Because so, of the ability to land right. pitching late. But at the same time, make no mistake about it, there is no guarantees at 194. So you have to land on those picks. It's just that I have confidence in myself that I will. And it really comes down to massaging the back end of your roster with the prospects and things like that. Now, Toast, let me ask you a question. So, obviously, I know you're a big stat guy. When you're looking at pitchers, what's the biggest uh, red flag stat? Or, or in contrast to that, what's your biggest identifier that you'd be like, okay, this jumps out at me. What one are you looking at? Is it whip? Is it Ks per nine innings? Is it strikeout uh, to walk ratio? Three. Okay. I have three. I want a strikeout rate over 27%. I want a rock walk rate below 7%, and I want a ground ball rate over 45%. If I can get all three of those, I know I'm going to have success. Okay, and now on the flip side of that, same question for hitters. Now, what's something that you would avoid? Obviously, it's the strikeouts. Um, that's what I typically look to avoid. I look for high uh, slugging percentage, high OP, o, OPS. Slug, that's slug with and Ks. Slug with and Ks. Yeah, there you go. All right. So now, moving. now wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay. Sorry. Is whip now? Uh, um, I'm confused. W H I F F. All right. All right. I what was the like, hell did is they that just now? create another one for hitters now? 
It's uh walks, hits, innings. What? Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. What is with the acronym? Walks, hits. He's googling. Nobody it. knows. <laughs> Nobody right, knows. It. And I'm like, wait fuck a minute. Time but out. It is a good I don't know it off the top of my. I don't know off the top of my head, but yeah, that's, that's all fair. good. That's fair. All right. So moving off the category. Moving off the pitchers now, as we move over to first base, uh, here are some of the top first basemen on everybody's list. Obviously, Freddie Freeman, Vlad, Olsen, Muncie, Goldschmidt's even popping up on some lists. I have a disclaimer here. So, and there's a disclaimer. I, I do have uh, Vlad's listed in my third baseman graphic because in the, the list that I was looking at, they had him listed at third base for whatever reason. I'm not sure what your league's eligibility rules will be, but there is a good chance. Well, that- what's your league's eligibility rules? You're running the league. Well, I'm not getting into that. This is not. This isn't for. I'm not giving you a fucking class right now. An hour. Uh, yeah, you are. I'm taking I'm notes. Giving, I'm giving a <laughs> so general fantasy fuck? baseball course right now. Yeah, and, you are. Um, so I'm saying, depending on your league rules, I you might or might not have some uh, virtual dual eligibility at all these positions. And I think that's another major issue or factor that you should look for when, if you're looking at two guys and they're very similar in stats. Um, you could look at where they project to have a guy because he might have played shortstop last year, but within 10 games of this year, he'll be a short uh, second baseman. Okay. So you gain eligibility and you maintain previous season's eligibility through the next. So you you and then become uh, eligible to start at two separate spots, and that is a very big flex when it comes to the daily lineups and being able to manipulate manipulate with injuries and things like that. So, so who's um, jumping off the board for you, Toast, when it comes base. to first baseman? Uh, so I'll just go through my tiers really quickly. I have um, Vlad and Freddie as my top two guys. Um, and then my next tier is going to be guys like Goldschmidt, Olsen, uh, Max Muncy, Pete Alonzo. Um, but a couple guys that I like, I do like Pete Alonzo. His strikeouts and stuff worry me. Um, but I do think um, that he He's should have falling, some success. Alonzo's been I've been seeing him go pretty you know he's fallen in draft so he's a name that jumps out when he's available when I've been seeing him it's like you can't not take this guy there and that's kind of why I had him mentioned is because I like to catch up on my power late and I know that we differ a little bit but I'm already knowing that I'm probably going to stack some arms so getting that's another reason why I did that because I know that he's going late um Reese Hoskins um it's the guy that comes from Philly. Um, I understand that he's going to be lowered down on the list, um, but he had a career year last year um, before he got hurt. Uh, he's definitely a 40-homer, 100-RBI guy. I mean, health is a huge concern, and but they, again, they I like Reese They added Castellanos in that lineup, too, so the Phillies lineup is a little bit improved from last year, so that's going to help him see some better pitches as well. I agree. Absolutely. Uh, same thing with a guy like Jesus Aguilar out of the Marlins. Um, Soler's in the lineup. Younger guy is in the lineup. He could easily have 100, 100 RBIs again this year. Uh, he likes playing in Miami. Uh, again, these are guys a little bit lower. Uh, He's same thing with Ryan Aguilar, Aguilar's strikeout rate is way too high for me. Um, I've had my he experience with him when he was with Milwaukee. He had that one career year, and then the year after that, he was a complete bum. And I, I kind of fell off the whole bandwagon with Aguilar, and then last year he did bounce back nice with the Marlins. I think it is a good situation for him, but I'm still. And again, there. these are guys later in the drafts. I'm not saying go pick up Jesus Aguilar in the fifth round. Okay. Yeah. And we had Kyle um, dropping in the comments with a Spencer Torkelson. Uh, I know that you're a Detroit Tiger guy, right? You bet. Uh, you bet them a lot last year. Uh, Casey yeah. Mize and Torkelson. That's two two guys to keep your eye on with the Tigers roster for sure. They got some. They got some boppers now. Torkelson has a chance to. I don't know if he's going to play out of the gate. Tigers seem to be. Tigers seem to be the uh, the hot commodity as far as picks and futures and division well, they, winners. They and, typically finish. Uh, 
lately they've been finishing bad in the standings for the we'll last see. couple of years. So they do have some high end talent in the minors right now, for sure. Um, you have any thoughts on Torkelson? I mean, he's not on my boards. I mean, no. I love the kid, but I'm not. This is not going to be on my roster. He's not going to take a roster spot. I can tell you that. Well, I'm just giving you a heads up. There's 36 roster spots in our league, so you might have to uh, you might have to add some back end talent. And just so you know, viewers at home, uh, talking to Scoop, uh, I, I listen. I listen to the the expert. I'm a Yankees fan, and this is like I haven't played fantasy baseball in like I don't know. 15 years so it's been a long time since i've actually drafted anything so i'm actually taking all of this in right now and consuming all the knowledge and doing all that from the outside okay i'm still on the show i'm still here <laughs> okay anyway moving on second base um as we move on we have guys like uh Marte from arizona uh simeon brandon lau altuve's bitch ass but uh when we look at second baseman uh i'll start with you gooch or, or should i start with toast again Okay, we're gonna start um, with yeah, toast no, again because so I think this graphic is also wrong, but it's the same kind of deal where I think um, Bo Bichette is in the graphic as a second baseman, but they list him as short in this book. Anyway, stop, stop going by the book. Um, um, I went by like the ESPN site, so these okay. guys are multiple eligibility in okay. my league. All right, so anyway, second base there. What? Oh yeah, I like him actually. And yeah, I like I like him. I like his dad. Like that whole Dante Bichette and Bo Bichette. That that family. That lineage is dope. Um. Anyway, so as Toast is covered by Altuve, that's my fault or our fault here. But anyway, second base. Who the guy? There you go. Get tall. Um. Anyway, so who you like at second base? Toast. Altuve is the tallest graph. I know that makes no sense. The biggest oxymoron of all time. Right. Um, so I'll tear it off again really quickly. Uh, my first tier, I got Marcus Simeon, Ozzy Albies, and Jose Altuve. Um, second tier, uh, Whit Merrifield, Brandon Lowe, Polanco. Um, Jake Cronenworth is another one. One of the guys that I really have my eye on this year is Cattell Marte. Uh, I just really yeah. like the kid. He, he just got his money. Um, he had 97. Um, he has stolen bags, or he had uh, 10 stolen bases last year. He had he scored 97 runs. Um, I, I just I really like this kid. Um, and then obviously guys like Trey Turner and Ozzy Albies. Um, but again, those are top end guys. Guys like Jake Cronenworth that play for the Padres have so much talent that can play pretty much multiple positions. Um, those are the type of guys that I'm targeting yeah. right now. I'm curious second to see base, who Jay, second base is one of those positions that are typically thin in fantasy baseball. Yeah. But when you look at it this year, they're actually pretty deep at second base. And second base is also that one position where a lot of guys that play other infield positions end up gaining eligibility at second base because I think it's the easiest middle infield, easiest position in the infield to play, in my opinion, is second base. So when there's a guy that's maybe challenged at short and they or they get a better shortstop, the typical thing would be to move a guy to second. And then also those utility players that um, don't really have the glove in the field, but they have the bat, they find the spot in the lineup for him at second base a, a lot. Um, and you didn't mention LeMahieu in your tiers. Do you have him? Yeah, what the else? He's fuck, on my man. Avoid. He's on my avoid list. list. Now, is that because he doesn't have an actual position right now, or is he just like, you know, because it, I I think it's no, only going to take are going to be there. The at bat, like, I, yeah, I was just going to say the at bats are going to be there. He's won a batting title within the last two years. So, like, how does how does he become just one of those avoidable guys? Toast. Um. I'm not there yet with the Yankees. I'm a Yankees fan, but I'm just not there yet. Um, I, I just, I, I'm just not there. Um, I, I just think that there's a lot of other things with, uh, like a guys like Gene Segura and Tommy Edmonds and stuff. I just think that there's a lot of other spots that you can find value, and I think that you're going to have to pay for DJ in some drafts because he's a Yankee. 
See, I, I understand that that aspect of things and having having done drafts and typically on the East Coast with all Yankee fans, I've had that issue in the past where you have to reach yes. a little bit. And I feel like that's like one of the major things that I've learned over time is to not do that. And I'll, I'll be completely fine coming away from this draft with no Yankees. I'll, I'll be okay with that. Guess um, who's going to be heavy Yankees? This guy. And that's yeah, why I'm, I'm not sure going to finish I'm sure any I'll well. scoop a few up, but, you know, um, it's a, t- it's a tough one for me, though. I, I think that LeMahieu has a very solid chance to bounce back, and you could see LeMahieu finish in the just top 20. just needs the 20. time. He just There's needs the time to bounce back. Now, LeMahieu, though, if you look he at his career... He doesn't have high barrel rate. He's not even hitting the barrel anymore. If like, come at, on. If you look at uh, LeMahieu's career as a whole, he hasn't really stuck in many places. Like Colorado, he won a batting title. Well, the Yankees and, paid and him $100 million, him. so he paid him Yankees, off. I mean, he had a great season with the Yankees. That was in a contract year, though, and he got paid after it. Uh, he got paid after that season, and then since true. then he hasn't done much. But, you know, the Yankees as a whole, um, you could look at a lot of the guys on the Yankees, and we'll bring up Glaber now too because I'm pretty sure he'll be playing second base for them too. Yeah. Um, the Yankees as a whole, they have a bunch of guys that you would think underperformed last year. So because of the underperformance, you would hope they, they kind of find back to the mean, which is like they might not have their career years that they had. But if they even improve a little bit on what they did last year, I do think LeMahieu is a 300 hitter in this league. Uh, his second half, he, did he might have of, a better chance with a little he, less he at bats. Too. Pick it up. They got that lefty help now that they didn't have to start the season last year. If you look at all the Yankees down the stretch, all the righty hitters kind of picked it up down the stretch a little bit. Judge Stanton to lead the way, but LeMahieu, I'm pretty sure in his second half he had a yeah, no, he, he definitely turned it up. Definitely turned it up. I'm a not bit. Uh, avoiding LeMahieu, but I'm also not reaching for him. And the other thing that LeMahieu brings to the table is he's a super utility player. He's going to end up having eligibility at first all the way through third base. Minus the shortstop, but first, second, is it minus shortstop? He's not playing short. I'm he's just saying, all right, six. Speaking of shortstop, let's move it on over to shortstop here. Uh, we have a a plethora of guys. This is one of the hot commodity positions of the league, and it starts with what we don't know about Tatis as far as on there because he's he's listen, he's gonna be he's still one of the best players in baseball. He's on my do not draft list, and he's probably my non, he's my favorite non Yankee. You got Tatis, you got Turner, you got Correa over Minnesota now, you got Bogart, Seeger. Uh, story in um, what you call fucking Boston, uh, and then of course Bichette. I have him listed as a shortstop, and of course the good little player from New York, Francisco Lindor. So <laughs> the crowd goes wild from deep. Uh, but yeah, so shortstop is loaded. Toast. Where do you start your shortstop scouting in tears? So long man, side short- from this must be deep <laughs> because it is, it's it's loaded like that's the thing like obviously you want a guy like uh, like turner and stuff like that um it's just really hard i was actually that was this was like the one position i was actually curious to see where gucci was at because this is a position that i don't like like i want a guy like like a bobby witt or something like that from K- kansas city that's a new young kid that i think that might have some power um polanco with the twins who plays in that Thin air out in Minnesota. I'm curious to see what Gooch has on this position. Uh, well, I, I'll tell you who Kyle has uh, is two words, Javi fucking Baez, which means no. that's three words. He might strike out 190 times this year. Yeah, but he looked he looked pretty good the other day. But he is, a, he is a Tiger, so they're, he'll, whoever's right. on the Tigers, I guess they have a little bit of moxie because they cover every single game in any sport. But <laughs> um, shortstop, like I know that no everybody else looks high. at shortstop as one of the deeper okay, positions. Actually, actually, can I ask you a question, Gooch? I just yeah. ask you a question. How do you feel about Trevor Story? Because that's the name that I get a lot, and I am not touching him with the ten foot. If you look at his, if you Your look thoughts. at his road splits, he can't hit the ball on the road. So I don't know what he's going to do in Boston. Maybe the monster will help because it it does help for for certain righties. I Lots guess. of doubles. 
Um, but and keep yeah, in I'm mind not- really quickly, guys. His road splits aren't just like off. It's like a 200-point dip. Yeah, like it's, it's really not just a little bit. So I, I expect more of the same where he'll probably do well at home or better. I think that you're going to see a drop-off in his numbers, though. No question about it. Colorado is the best hitting park in, in the league for the last 25 years. At Fenway, while it's not a, definitely not a – it's one of those parks that you just don't know what it is. Is it a hitter's park? For certain guys, it is. And then right. for certain guys, it's pitcher's park. I don't think that Trevor Story is uh, – when you look at – you do a deep dive into his stats, I think there's – the league is going to start to catch up with that guy. And now he's a Red Sox, so you're not going to find me saying anything good about him. Yeah, no. Uh, Dodge the bullet there. That's a way too big of a dollar value and the years for a guy. Yeah, he got I'm paid, not, man. I'm he not sure. I think, that, I think they're going to have some buyer's remorse, and he'll be a Dodger in a year and a half. <laughs> but in terms of the entirety of I the I really position, like Tim Anderson, too. I'm not a fan of him either. Tim I Anderson? Can't... Didn't he beat up on the Yankees, too? Yeah. No, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I was for a second. Are we back? No, no, he's, he's here. Right, he's just right. looking, listening so, yeah, to me um, talk for the I'm, first time in 10 minutes. Now, it's a deep position, but to me, it's not. I just don't like a lot of the guys. Um, but for that reason, I, I feel like this is the position that you really need to target early in the draft because there is a major drop-off after the starting guys are gone. When I say the starting guys, I mean, like there is a list of about eight guys that you could be comfortable with, but the drop-off after the, the solid ones, they become very, very uh, menial or, or minuscule. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the 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 10 through 16 at shortstop like I am at other positions. Uh, now, you could see some value in an IKF uh, being in a better lineup with the Yankees. Hey there's, there's a few guys that you could you could plug and play as a middle infielder, but I say yeah. shortstop is the pl- position you go after early, and I'm avoiding the Tim Anderson. I'm going to let someone else make that third-round pick. I'm going to pick somebody that I'm really high on, and I'm not going to say who. <laughs> What, you won't discuss your entire no, draft a, strategy this, here? Come on, The now. shortstop position is very, very uh, near and dear to my heart, and I think it's very, very... I'm sure Chris likes Willie Adamas. You're not that slick, bro. Willie Adamas is your pick, huh? You're not that slick. No, I mean... <laughs> like if trying I, to expose my, the my, gooch here. My favorite shortstop, and I'm just going to say it, is Marcus Simeon. I think he's been underrated for years, and he's been a league winner oh. for me in, in the past. But now I think that the rest of the world and the rest of the league is starting to catch up on him. He's a stud. He's been under, he was, you know, his value previously has been like sixth, seventh round. You were able to land this guy and he was finishing in the top 10 hitters. You know, that was a consistent thing. The public is caught up with the Marcus Simeon thing. And I think he has a chance to be the first shortstop selected while he won't be. um, He has a chance to be depending on who's picking. Meaning if it gets to him, he'll be the first shortstop. There you go. Um, So anyway, Trey Turner's better. So moving on to third base, a little bit of a different scenario than shortstop. That's for damn sure. Uh, third base, you do have Vlad listed. So he's more or less a utility guy as well, I would assume, from first and third. Uh, but in any event, Jose Ramirez, uh, Devers, Turner from L.A., and, of course, the newest New York Yankee, Josh Donaldson. I'm going to ask you, Scoop, where does Donaldson fall in your ranks? Toast, toast. That's what I meant, Toast, because I was just looking at Scoop's fucking thing. Sorry. So, Toast, where does Donaldson rank on your uh, on your tiers here? Um, he's, Donaldson's in my third tier. Um, I, I like him. Um, here's the thing. Third base is just a, a, a very, it's a dangerous spot when you're drafting. There's a very few options at third. Uh, the top guy like, uh, Jose Ramirez. I mean, I, I think he's in a tier by himself with me for me. Um, I don't think that anybody comes close to him. Uh, anybody like a Rafi Devers and a Manny Machado is close, but not the same production, um, for him. The guy that I like, Austin, I rake Riley from Atlanta. I think that kid has power. He has pizzazz. He has everything. Um, 
that's the one thing I like. Josh Allison will have power. I think I, he's going to have success in that lineup. Um, Luis Urias is another one to keep a name down. I'm curious to see where Gooch likes on this one. Yeah, um, we're in lockstep. Um, um, Jose Ramirez is a clear, far and away, the best talent at, at the position. But for that fact means that I probably won't sniff him in any of the drafts that I'm doing because uh, I do have a little bit – I do like Riley a lot. I think he has the potential to almost step into that role that Freddie Freeman left as the new Atlanta Brave bat and, you know, take on a, a nice 10-year career or eight-year career with Atlanta. And he'll be in that he'll be in that lineup for a while. He has good protection with Acuna coming back and just all the other guys, the Albies that we were mentioning before. The Braves are they're a good team and they're always good. So he's gonna he's gonna do what he did last year. My favorite player at the position is Manny Machado, but um Again, I think he might go a little too high for me. There is some sleepers down there at the bottom. I like Josh Donaldson. I think in the I, I actually hate Josh Donaldson as a person, <laughs> but I think Josh Donaldson in this lineup has a chance. Everybody's kind of overlooking him a little bit, but he's having a nice little spring and he's almost like a batting coach for the team because what he's been doing with the other guys and teaching them some things, he's a very Trevor Bauer-esque in terms of his approach to hitting. So it's interesting to watch that. Um, but guys like Anthony Rendon. I think he has a chance to, to make a little comeback and shoot up the ranks a little bit with the help that they have in that lineup coming. I feel like the time is now for the Angels to improve in some way, shape, or form, and I think it's going to start with their lineup. And, you know, I don't want to give away too much, but I do then think don't. Matt Chapman, <laughs> Matt Chapman all the way down in like the middle, middle of the teens, I think he has a chance going into that new Toronto lineup with a lot of pressure off him as being the guy. Not that he was the guy in Oakland, but Matt Chapman has some power. Damn it. Um, his batting average tailed off a lot I last year. But, but his glove is so good that it keeps him in the lineup. And in that in that lineup, when you're in that lineup on a day-to-day -day basis, good things are going to happen. So I am I think Matt Chapman is a nice corner infield target because nobody's drafting him to be a starter, but he's the first off the board for me as like a corner infielder guy. All right. So round, go ahead, hey, Toast. Toast got something. Go ahead, Toast. Just going on – Chapman, I love Chapman too. I didn't want to give his name out, but since Gooch did, he's getting healthy. His hip, his hip, his his uh, Chapman's hip is fine now. He's leaving Oakland. Now he's going to a lineup that he's going to be surrounded by guys. I love Matt Chapman too. Me too, just because you guys do. Yeah. All right. Anyway, moving on to the outfield, the most loaded uh, position besides shortstop. We're going outfielders total, not just left field, center field, right field for the sake of time. Uh, but anyway, so we we start with obviously. The Trouts, the Springers of the world, uh, Marte from the center field, and then you have obviously Soto, Harper, Mookie Betts. I mean, Gal. The, the list goes on and on. Uh, who is there? How many members of the top tier do you have in your outfield there, uh, Toast? So I, I do tear out a little bit. Um, I'll just name off some of the guys that I'm targeting. Targeting uh, Luis Robert, uh, Jordan Alvarez, George Springer, Kyle Schwarber, Jared Kelnick, Akil Badu, Hunter Renfro. I love Hunter Renfro this year. Jorge Great Soler, Michael receiver. Conforto. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't resist. So, those are some of the guys, um, guys that I'm trying to avoid. Uh, Kristen Yelich, uh, Cody Bellinger, Eddie Rosario, Estruval Garcia, um, I, I, those are guys that I just want to, I got to see, prove it to me. Uh, one guy that I really do like, uh, that I think that could be a breakout year is Byron Buxton. Um, he, he is a five tool player that has been struggled with injuries, but with that infusion of talent in that twins lineup, if that guy can stay healthy, Byron Buxton could probably win you a championship. Oh, wow. Right, so I have a, um, Bold. I have, I, like I have a, a couple questions for you here. 
So Tyler O'Neill is a guy that I don't know too much about, and I keep seeing his name pop up early in draft boards. And um, yeah. I guess you could blame it on COVID, or you could blame it on whatever it is. But you know, he's just one of these names that kind of escapes me a little bit. And I need to know about him, bro. What do you feel? What are your thoughts on Tyler O'Neill? Is he worth? Is he worth wasting a, a top five, six pick on? I mean, your top five, six, yeah. not overall. There he is. There you go. Yeah, so Tyler is right there. And then I'm going to just pre present a, an issue that I've been having at outfield spot. Um, and being the Yankee fan, um, I feel like this is something that a lot of guys maybe watching will have the same issue. As I'm coming up into my draft situations, I'm seeing two names that I'm choosing from often when I'm picking at my outfield spot. As I'm going into the third round, I'm looking at Jordan Alvarez, and then I'm looking at a judge at the same time. And it's like, take your pick. Who do you pick? Who do you rank higher, judge or Alvarez? Um, I have Alvarez and the only reason I have Alvarez is because I think that I, I think that he's he's healthy now and I think that in the power with Correa gone that him and guys like Tyler Tucker are gonna um, definitely have to uh, I know that that's a name that you were kind of holding on to you didn't want to mention Kyle Tucker because I know that's a that's a guy that we'll hear a little bit about him in a moment but um, now I asked the same question and I I, I kind of echo the sentiment where I lean towards Judge because I'm a Yankee fan, but I lean towards Alvarez because with that bat and the lack of DH options that the, the Astros have, he's going to stay in the lineup even when he doesn't play the field. I think Judge gets a little more days off as well and the injury history that accompanies Judge. Now, the same question when we're talking about a guy that you look to avoid um, and then a guy that I really like and I'm looking to target, but understandable would be some people would avoid him for the same reason with Judge, and that's Stanton or Cody Bellinger. Who do you rank higher and why? God, it's a good man. one, right? Because um, these are situations that a lot of people when they're drafting. Todd, Todd, early, Todd, Todd. Who do you rank? Higher? A lot of people that are that are drafting <laughs> earlier, I feel like you're going to run into this same problem where it's like, okay, these two guys are left. They're two names that I I know a lot. Which one am I avoiding and why? I would avoid Bellinger. I, I just I've watched him a three a couple times this spring. He keeps on striking out. I, I just until I see Cody Bellinger put barrel on ball, I have to take Stanton. Fair point. I I, I will take Stanton there as well. Giancarlo Stanton, number twenty seven. Got any other outfield talk? We got any other outfield talk? Uh, who else did I write down here? I wrote down a couple guys here on the outfield. Uh, who? Kyle, sleeper outfielder Riley Green, twenty one years old. He's going to score a ton of runs this year. You feel the same way there, Toast? Uh, I don't really have Riley Green. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So another pick by uh, Kyle that will fall flat. Not on my list of guys I'm worried about right now. <laughs> so again, we're we're gonna we're gonna punt on. I apologize. No, we're, no, we're no. Punting on relief pitchers. What are your thoughts on that? Like, I know catchers. There's only like two or three that are worth noting, and then after that, who's that? Ramundo and uh, but you have to be careful not to not to miss out on a top nine catcher because then you're going to be playing. Um, you know, you're going to be trying to play matchups and playing splits with a righty and a lefty and all these weird things. So how far, how far would you let the draft go before grabbing a catcher? Are you just wait and see the run on catchers. Yeah. You got to let it, let that, Kinda like when the quarterbacks no, start going no in football to it. If you have a look, there's going to be one or two uh, catchers that go early, maybe three, if some reaches <laughs> a little bit, but beyond that, you could get a catcher and you might just see a guy that's like, Oh, I need a catcher. And they take the best one on the list, but like way too early. Mm -hmm. And the drop off, and catcher, it's like you don't know. There's going to be there's a couple young talented catchers. I have too. to I have to shout out Janine coming in saying Stanton sucks. Just kidding. She has a personal gripe with every single Yankee on the roster right now. And I, dude, it, it's literally like two weeks into spring training, and I saw a picture of one of her 
famous pictures that she puts in Chop Sports, like, looks like it's time to suck. And I think it was Severino. And I'm just like, God damn it, give him Severino, a chance. Severino, they put him on ice already. But that's um, not wrong. I, yeah, <laughs> shut your mouth you know, over the there. The one but, that I like is Donaldson. But anyway, but Johnny coming in from from left field. Uh, but anyway, so there is your at least your fantasy breakdown as far as some of the top tier positions that you want to look for in your fantasy. But I got to ask Toast before we let him go. Obviously, there is a massive prop list that you put together and you sent on over to Chop Sports Media overnight. Um, a couple of them that you really want to make sure you hit home on as we headed to the 2022 season toast. Um, yeah, we can do that. Um, so I guess the RBI props is the first thing that jumps out of my mind. If you go to DraftKings or whatever and take a look at the RBI props, the numbers are just insane. Um, gigantic, bro. How many talk? How many freaking runs are these guys going to score? So either DraftKings knows something that we all don't, or I'm going to be making some money on all these damn unders. Uh, so. <laughs> A guy like Adam Duvall uh, for Atlanta Braves coming off a World Series title. Congratulations. Uh, 110 RBIs. Um, I have it on the under. Um, I think his most is like one, 109 or something like that. Um, they're going to have Marcelo Zuna back in that outfield. Um, hey, Rosario's playing better. I just don't see Adam Duvall having another career year at 110 RBIs. Um, same thing with a guy like Inigenio Suarez coming from the Reds yeah, to the Mariners. I wanted to mention that, like, dude, his his batting average has been on a steep decline for the last two or three seasons, and I don't know where they're coming up with that number. Um, do they have like a loaded top of the lineup? Is he batting behind some 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 dudes that steal bases? I don't see that at all. I, that's the one that jumps out the most to me. And I mean, Jared Walsh definitely under one hundred four point five. I don't even know where the fuck they get that. From. <laughs> Like, what are we doing right now? So wait, like, so you also have an under listed here, uh, the polar bear, uh, Pete Alonso under one eleven. So that would, I mean, does that surprise anybody, or like, are they really expecting this guy to? I mean, one eleven's a pretty high number. I mean, that means he's going to probably go yard thirty five to forty guys, times. Right? How many I mean, guys had over hundred and eleven RBI last year? That's what I'm saying. A lot of these over unders I mean, are a little, little different crazy. of a season, but um, yeah, you got to imagine that one and it, one injury, one injury, and, and it's not happening. <laughs> You know, one one or two DL stands. Right, one eleven is not gettable. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Perez had the most at one hundred and twenty-one. So now, it was it was a shortened season though, a little bit, wasn't it? Well, last year was it not? No, they just no. didn't do anything crazy with COVID. No, I mean, there's a lot of protocols and shit, but like, no, there was no no shortened season. There almost was a shortened season this year, you know, but there's not. Um, looks like you have our Soto under one hundred eighteen. So, what are you expecting out of Juan Soto? Juan Soto. All right, cool. So um, toast a lot players. of walks, a lot of he'll slug, he'll he'll slug very well. He'll get on base. Sorry, right. am I losing you? Sorry. Uh, no, he'll slug, he'll get on base, but I just don't see a whole bunch of guys that he's going to be batting in. That's just plain and simple. Got like, it. And now if you're he, if he, it's a play on the number. Staying on him, you have listed here Soto over Acuna uh, plus one hundred. Now, is that like something that is that a bet you can make? Like you can you can bet that he's gonna Soto's gonna you know over Acuna as far as home run totals. You can make that bet. Okay, great. <laughs> so. No, he's, I, no, so, he's yes, so yes, you can make that bet. We may have lost toast. On yeah, you can. So you can go in and look at the home run props. Go ahead. All right. All right. All right. And there he goes. 
So Toast, uh, it was a pleasure. I, I, I don't really for, want. Uh, thank you for coming. Right. I mean, it's I, fine. Just we'll, we'll we'll move past it. it. It ran its course. If he comes back, he comes back. He's but in Alaska, back, right? He comes back. But what? look, he's we'll, in Alaska, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. What we'll do is the, I have a list of these props here. Toast went in, and we made you know. Yeah, so we'll these make are a little bit of a uh, a post. Sure. Let everybody yeah, know. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. We could do that. So that has been a uh, a, a longer episode of the uh, the Chop Sports Daily here because we're previewing a lot of the player props. On Monday, I think me and Gooch are going to sit down and break down the entire season as it is already opening week in baseball as the Yankees will take on the Red Sox and whoever else takes on whoever else. I really don't care about anybody else. Uh, but anyway, fantasy baseball draft goes down this Sunday. So we'll post some lineups maybe to the Shaw Sports Group, see if anybody wants to make any predictions and and assumptions that, you know, who's going to take the title. And tomorrow we'll be doing some NBA stuff. We got a decent matchup with the Nets and the Bucks. Um, if Kyle wants to come on, I know we got a loaded show, but Kyle, you're always welcome to jump on. Either call in, come in, we'll, we'll sort all that out. Uh, if you got an NBA slate that you want to work, work through. Um, we also have what else we got? Jimmy Palumbo. Jimmy Palumbo's got- coming back in here. All Star Vintage Dom and and uh, which point Mark will be in here tomorrow as well. Loaded show. It's going to be very flexible, very in and out. Talk a little more about the Eastern Conference. Yeah, the Eastern, the Eastern Conference, Conference coming down to the uh, the, the stretch the heat, here. The Knicks the heat beat the got crushed Celtics again last, night. last night. So I guess there's some movement on the top of the Eastern Conference. Which yeah, we break down. And now that we're down to the final, what is it? The final four games of the NBA. Like, and we're also top. down to the final four of the NCAA yeah, tournament. So we'll get into that as well. We'll get into that as well. So loaded show NBA, on a Friday. NCAA basketball, football, baseball. So for those of you who are watching us for the first time, thank you. Like the video, please. I didn't say that once today. That's my fault. That's my apologies. Like this video if you watched it. If you catch the replay, like the video and the replay as well. For everybody who helped us get to a thousand, thank you so much. The next goal, obviously, two thousand. Bring us on to two grand um, as we make our our maze. And of course, yes, Sam, WrestleMania is this weekend as well. The WrestleMania uh, viewing party will happen and take place literally right outside the draft. So we'll do the draft here at the studio. For those who want to join us, great. Maybe even shoot us a message in the. There is a separate uh, Facebook group uh, to determine like who wants to come into the studio, maybe order some food, drink some beers. And of course we'll get involved with WrestleMania Sunday, WrestleMania Saturday. All you mother efforts are on your own. All right. So with that being said, what tonight, Dave is on fight TV. Yes. I'll be on fight TV tonight at six o'clock. I got to do some research right now. As a matter of fact, as we crunch, got a haircut at one, it's a, it's a loaded afternoon for me and for job sports. So for Sturch and Gooch and of course, Dina and Rob and Chris Payne, and A4. It's hot in here. You can open up the door, you know. I don't need the fucking sound bounce. No, no. No, I'm no, just saying right sure. now, you can probably open the door yeah, as we close. Yeah, it's just so nobody can look, walk fire in. <laughs> it's not a fire hazard. There's always 13 dudes standing in front of the door. <laughs> yes, well, I was told you got to sit on my lap and I can sit next to Rob. I mean, right? any of you guys could have sat over here. Man, yeah. he. No, nah, yeah, I saw you <laughs> army crawl. All right, so this weekend... Sunday, get on over here for the baseball draft if you're in that league. And, of course, if you want to watch WrestleMania with me, Wrestling Rob, and, of course, Tommy D, and even Gooch will be able to watch Pat Mack if he do his thing on Sunday night if he decides to stay. Uh, but this has been another episode of The Chop. You're shaking your head. Yeah, I'm not fucking staying for WrestleMania. Wow. what a- My only day off, literally. Okay, and you scheduled a fucking fantasy draft. I don't... I- why did I do that, Dave? Because I don't know. Because it's my only day off. You so could have did it. Like, nah, whatever. Anyway. So not, if WrestleMania starts at like nine. If WrestleMania starts at like the draft seven. Draft is at one. Draft is going to be, I'm going to be hyper-focused on the draft. As soon as the draft okay. is over, I'm going to need to like decompress. Grammys are on Sunday, if anybody cares. Who's smacking who, huh? Who's going to be the one to smack this person? No one gives a shit about wrestling anymore, Dave. Uh, what do you talk? That's not true at all. 
100% true. That's not true. It's just because you suck at your job and you never were good and never came out to anything as a professional wrestler doesn't mean you got to hate the product. Hey, it's kind of funny. I'm sitting on a steel chair. Would you like to see it? <laughs> Keep the damn steel chair over there, Chris Payne, Officer Chris Payne. Thank you for joining us today, guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Loaded Friday coming at you. Hey, Rob, meet me at that rock in about 10 minutes. That's a <laughs>